Welcome back to the DA Sports Roundup. I'm your host, Charles Montgomery, along with my co-host, Nick Kramer. Today's episode will mainly consist of us talking about the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team at West Virginia. You're listening to the DA Sports Roundup Podcast. WB Sports from WVU's independent student newspaper. So Nick, let's hop right into it. What happened with the Mountaineers on Saturday against Florida? What was that game about? Well, the Mountaineers on Florida or uh, on Saturday against Florida, they really struggled uh, to get anything going, and, and it was kind of expected that Florida would keep in the game. Uh, I don't think anyone expected West Virginia to lose this game, though. No, considering after West Virginia beating Texas Tech on Monday, and then you go in, Florida's a good team. Florida had won a couple games straight, looked very hot out of the SEC. But like you said, no one expected West Virginia to lose this game. They are a very superior team. They are one of the best teams in the Big 12. And you lose this game that it was a very winnable game considering the stat line. When you look at the stat line of this game, even Coach Huggins said at postgame, he didn't think this team should have been in it as long as West Virginia was. Uh, Not only do I think that this was a winnable game, I also think it was a must-win game for the Mountaineers. You know, going into... a stretch where, I mean, they got to play Iowa State, but then they have Kansas, Baylor twice, Texas. Texas Tech. And Texas Tech. And Oklahoma. And Oklahoma all in a row. That is six straight ranked opponents, the majority of them in the top ten. And I think this was a must-win game to, you know, just get some wins late in the season because it's going to be tough sledding in this stretch. Uh, You know, Going into Iowa State, though, if we just jump to the next game, are you ready? Well, I'd like to talk. When you look at that Florida game, it talks about, and that really heightens the level of the poor shooting, and then the defensive ability of this team just has gotten gradually worse. And I think that Florida game, it fell by the wayside. You let Florida, you looked poised, you went on the half, you ended the half, you're up five at halftime, then you come out of halftime, you go up by seven very quickly. And honestly, when I was there at the game, I thought, okay, West Virginia is going to put this out of reach. And then they fall apart because the defensive effort is completely lacking to enough to where Coach Huggins is now starting to question the motivation and the heart of this team coming down the stretch. And, and what you said there about this team not being able to put people away, it's kind of been the story of the season for the Mountaineers. They, they will start to grow a lead. But then as soon as the offense stutters a little bit, the defense isn't holding up at all. You know, anyone can score on this defense. And that's the thing. It's, for West Virginia, it's been who can they outgun? They mm-hmm. don't have a defense, which is hard to believe considering it's Coach Huggins is at the helm of this team still. That's hard to believe that the team that we're watching right now relies so much more on the offense. And your offense has been Deuce McBride. You take your last two games, he scored nine points in both games against Iowa State and Florida. You're, you are not going to win many games. If this team wants to you know, continue to play the way they're playing, in order to beat big teams, top 10 teams, top 15 teams, they need Derek Culver and Miles McBride to each go for 20-plus. And Derek Culver, <clears throat> considering who West Virginia is playing over the next six games— starting with Kansas on Saturday, you almost have to ask him to get a double-double for you 
in all six games. There is no other inside man for West Virginia. Not to knock Gabe Osaboyan, but Gabe Osaboyan is not going to put you 15 points, 10 rebounds a game. And I, I don't think that's asking too much from uh, Culver. No, he's more than capable. He, against Iowa State, he recorded his ninth uh, double-double And so, season. real quick, let's just it. jump into Iowa State. What happened in Iowa State? Give us a quick recap, Nick. You recapped the game for us last night for the paper. So, give us a quick recap. What happened with this team? Well, first of all, um, they 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 keep letting teams stay in games a lot longer than they should, which is what we just mentioned a minute ago. Um, and then also, Miles McBride, you know, had a, a another performance second in a row. I'm not too scared of it. You know, I think he bounces back. But this is the second time in a row where he started pretty good in the first half, early in the first half. Second half, he then just, you know, falls off. He's nowhere. And West Virginia did lose McBride down the stretch. Iowa State was down by 15 at one point, 10 minutes to go. Came all the way back, cut it to one. And it looked like Iowa State was going to win the game. When they cut it to one, I really thought West Virginia was done for. This game's over. But guess who steps up? It's a guy that you're really high on right now, and that's Taz Sherman. He stepped up, scored the last points. <laughs> Sorry. Well, he, he scored. He um, he scored the last points. He went seven of eight from the free throw line, and and the last two of those were in the last five seconds of the game to kind of ice it for the Mountaineers. And, and the only reason he was shooting those two free throws is because of a suspicious call, uh, um, or no call, I guess, when a uh, in Iowa State. Uh, player was driving and ran into Gabe Osaboyan, and the ball came loose. Uh, Sherman was credited with the steal, which it, it just was not really a steal. Which, of course, Coach Huggins, when he goes in his post game, he said he at least thought it was a blocking foul. No, no, no. He said it was a charge. Char- I'm sorry. You're right. A charging foul. So it would have given West Virginia the ball in the end, but he was more against that because, well, Taz gets the steal, and oh, his foul goes to the free throw line. And so then they even benefit even more from that. And Huggins even went as far as to say last night, despite Deuce McBride only eight days after his game-winning basket against Texas Tech, Coach Huggins called Taz Sherman his best player that can respond under pressure. And that's a big role to give a guy, especially Taz Sherman, who he had a role with this team last season. But it wasn't where it was. He had that same role early in the season even. You know, earlier in the season, he did not... He was not a big contributor for this team. He contributed, yes, but his minutes were low. His point uh, totals were low. But then as soon as uh, Shibwe transfers and as soon as Cottrell uh, gets hurt, Sherman then steps up and, and it starts averaging 28-plus uh, minutes per game and double-digit points during that time. And that goes to West Virginia going to this smaller guard play. This team, coming into the year, Mountaineers were clearly the best inside presence a team could have in the Big 12 out of anybody. Better than Baylor, better than Kansas, Texas Tech, Texas, who cares? West Virginia was the best inside team. Well, then you lose Shibway. First you lose Cottrell, and then less than a week later, Shibway's leaving as well. So you go to this guard play, and Taz Sherman has the ability. He doesn't have the ball-handling ability like Deuce McBride, but he, if he has to, he can drive to the rim and go to the lane and lay it in. Yes, he is a, a huge part for this team because he can. He is one of those guys that can create his own shot. He is not the greatest at creating his own shot, and he is a much better spot-up shooter, 
But if you ask him to create his own shot, he can and will. Well, that's the thing. When you look at someone like Sean McNeil, who, when he gets the ball, and Coach Huggins has talked about that as well, I guess Coach Huggins knows kind of you know something about basketball. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I doubt He's it. been saying all these things. Are we sure? He has been coaching for like 40 years. Maybe. Maybe some experience coaching, but I don't know. Are you do you, are you convinced, Coach? I'll, I'll trust him. He seems trustworthy. What, what career win was that for him on Tuesday night? Oh, 893. Boy. 893 career wins. So I think he knows what he's talking about. But when you look at someone, and he's talked about Sean McNeil, the issue that he's had with Sean McNeil was, and currently is, is that McNeil will catch the ball but won't shoot it immediately and dribbles so much. And you see that when you watch West Virginia play – McNeil's catching the ball, and he's dribbling so much, and he's not a terrible ball handler, but his skill set is catching and shooting on the wing, and he needs to do that more if West Virginia wants to have a chance in these next six and their final eight games. Yeah, yeah, and McNeil is... He is always trying to find a better shot by his, with his dribbling. But he can't make that But play. he's not going anywhere fast enough to get a better shot, and he ends up with a worse shot he would be much better off just as soon as he catches it, shoot it, or pass it. And what are your thoughts? Coach Huggins has gone to this lineup with Deuce McBride moving to the two, and you have Jordan McCabe come off the bench, which neither you and I are big fans of Jordan McCabe since he's been here at West Virginia. But what have you seen with this lineup? I have my thoughts. I'd like to hear your thoughts first on being McCabe being the main guy, point guard, and taking McBride off the ball. How do you think that's working out? I, I do think that... Uh, McCabe is a very solid ball handler and uh, distributor of the of the ball, but he his struggles come when he tries to get too fancy or take too many shots. He can't make which, the easy pass. No, he he tends to always try and make the flashy passes. We saw yesterday, Tuesday, night. Tuesday. Yes, um, we saw. He tried to do a little behind the back pass. I think he even tried it twice, and it just was not. He um, almost makes the game harder for himself sometimes. He does, and the opportunity for a very easy pass or an easy drive is always there, but it, he never seems to want to take it. And my thoughts are, I think it's working, but it also I'm starting to see it limit Deuce McBride because the key to McBride's success was. You give him the ball, he runs the offense, and if he sees he has an opportunity, he's not relying on someone else to get him the ball. He has the ball, he's running the offense, he's going to make the move he needs to make all on his own. And now I'm starting to see, and that could point, I'm not saying it is, but that could point to his low output against Iowa State and Florida that maybe he needs to go back to being the man carrying the basketball more than he has been with Jordan McCabe at the point. And, and I, I could see them going back to that. Uh, I, I believe, though, the reason that Huggins kind of switched it up is that McBride was, at, at times, taking shots that maybe he probably shouldn't have. You know, he's a guy that you trust with pretty much any shot out there. But at, at certain times, he wasn't looking up. He would put his head down and just drive down the court Try and do it all himself, you know. Yeah, and I and you made that point earlier. How if West Virginia is going to have success, it comes to Culver and McBride, and I think you're right that that duo has to have some output scoring, and then McBride has to contribute with the assists and rebounding even, and then Mc, Culver, you need him having a, a double double. 
But I think West Virginia needs – they need two more scorers other than McBride and Culver. Well, let me let me actually rephrase that, change it up a little bit. So if you have – No. Oh, okay. No, go ahead. Never mind. <laughs> if you have Culver going for a double-double mm-hmm. and, say, McBride only puts up 12, then you need 12 and 12 from uh, Sherman and McNeil or – uh, any Emmett. combination, yes, or Emmett or uh, Bridges. You any combination of two of those four, you need them to just kind of all pile in together. And I think Sherman is prepared to do that. He has been doing that. His point scoring has been mm-hmm. tremendous for West Virginia. Now it's, you can't, I can't point at McNeil and say here you go. I can't point at Bridges and say here you go. I can't point at Emmett and say here you go. But while while you can't really point at them and and say. You they can are wait definitely at going to do it. When any of those three get hot, they are hot. And McNeil, I think, is probably the biggest example of that because when he gets you know going, he doesn't miss. No, and we will. I think we're just going to do a little speed preview against Kansas Jayhawks. They haven't looked very good. They are tumbling out of the rankings down to twenty third, which is unheard of for Kansas basketball. But of course, this year it's the demolition of the Blue Bloods in college basketball with UK and Duke and North Carolina as well. But West Virginia coming in this game, West Virginia was the better team when it played Kansas back in December, but lost by quite a lar- large margin, allowed Christian Brown to and, sit out there and shoot three-pointers all night. What and they were down do? by 22 at one point in that game. The Mountaineers were. Um, you know, I, That game really did come down to three-point shooting and three-point defense. The Mountaineers gave up uh, 16 of 37 from three while only shooting 8 of 16 or 8 of 17. I can't remember. Um, it, there were three Mountaineers that scored um, three-pointers. All but two of them came from McNeil. Sean McNeil. That's right. Sean McNeil had that incredible first half and then kind of burnt out by halftime, and that was it for them. And that's the thing. I think when you look at this team, uh, still the better team than Kansas and I, when I look at that six-game stretch, we've alluded to it. This is episode number three. We've alluded to that six-game stretch on all three episodes now for West Virginia. I think West Virginia could come out of that in a decent way. I think if you're West Virginia, you have to come out of that at worst 3-3. Three and three. Mm-hmm. I think you have to go 50-50 in those six games to have any chance because then you wrap up the regular season against Kansas State and TCU, both very winnable games. So I think you have to really – and those are three home games out of those six are three home games, Oklahoma – Kansas and Baylor one time. So it's just say win all three home games, which is not an easy task considering who you have. But this team, I think, before anybody starts, you know, burning bridges on this team, I think this team still has something left in it and the Mountaineers could still rally together and bring it up bring it home on these final few weeks. And and now what has been the biggest difference you see between this Mountaineer team uh when they played Kansas versus now? Um I think it's all for the worse. I honestly think it's what they've done has gotten gradually worse with their competitiveness. You don't see an upstart. You don't see energy in this team when it plays. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the first five, ten minutes. But West Virginia does not have that energy that you expect them to have when they play teams anymore. And now that could say, well, they've gotten worse. I think at least in the last few weeks, they've looked just they just don't have it defensively, and that's your problem. That's your problem. They don't have a defense. And so they've gotten worse, but I still think they're better than Kansas. I I, I can get behind that. Um, 
the one thing that I see as the biggest difference is is Taz Sherman. Like we mentioned before, he had not been playing up until uh, after the Kansas game against Kansas. He had 14 minutes. You know, now like I said earlier, 28. He's doubled his minute count since that game, and he's been a big factor. I think that could change the outcome of this game. Plus, with the opening more open uh, paint, Culver will have more room to work with down there, which he has the last you know five or six games now. So I see this as a Mountaineer team that's gotten better offensively, worse defensively. I think you're right. And if you'd like to join the Taz Sherman fan club, Nick Kramer has started that today, and he will be taking donations, <laughs> and he's going to get some T-shirts made up. Because Nick Kramer, I think this morning, woke up and realized Taz Sherman was on our basketball team and completely thinks the world about I love Taz Sherman, but Nick Kramer has just... He's I mean, walking he's walking on water. He's the second best three point shooter on this campus. Who's number one? Me. That's know? right. That is Nick Kramer. <laughs> we don't have the rec center right now, but we are still pretty good. U92. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's move on. Women's basketball. Mountaineers, they continue to win. They've won eight in a row. They're playing Iowa State right now as we record this. And could you look up the score, give me an update? It but is halftime. It's halftime. Halftime. The score is 27-26 Mountaineers over the Cyclones. There we go. There we go. West Virginia, of course, moving up in the rankings. Only three spots after being 24 last week. Now 21. And last week beating Texas Tech on Wednesday and TCU on Saturday. Mountaineers, keep rolling, Nick. And I think you can agree with me. Kaiser Gondrzic and Esmer Martinez just continuing to develop and get better and better. Gondrzic. Scoring 30 against TCU, Esmer Martinez pitching in 23 herself. They are one heck of a duo. You know, they they have the opportunity to be among the best uh, duos in the country for women's basketball. I think. I think you're right. I think they have definitely shown that they are the best duo in the Big 12. And West Virginia has one ranked opponent left on its schedule that's against Baylor, and that's kind of the ominous team that's been haunting, you know, at least hovering over the schedule. It defeated West Virginia pretty handedly a few months ago. And so that's it. Not to say that the Big 12 is going to be a walkthrough. Mountaineers against Iowa State right now, it's in a dogfight right now with Iowa State. So, but this is a good team that can really make a run here near the end of the season. And like we were talking about last week, could this be the team that breaks through, gets a conference tournament title, maybe makes a run in the NCAA tournament? I think so. I think Kaiser Gondrasek Esmer Martinez, Kari Nyblak, it's a great team. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And uh, moving on to our last topic of the day, the uh, Mountaineer wrestling team. Uh, they upset number 17 ranked uh, Northern Colorado. It was their first ranked opponent win in, I believe, two years now. And following the game, the Mountaineers have now have or now have four wrestlers ranked in the top 33, which is what uh, wrestling rankings from Open Mat go up into. And Open Mat is the official rankings of wrestling for the NCAA. Uh, those Mountaineers are Jeffrey Boyd at number 32. Yeah. Peyton Hall at number 23. Transfer Killian Cardinal at number 22. And lastly, as everyone knows, uh, who Noah Adams? Who's at number that? One. Who's Noah Adams? Are you kidding here? Never heard of him. Or what? Yeah, I think that guy could. Uh, I don't know. Run for public office. President Gee 
look out. <laughs> Noah Adams could be the next president at West Virginia University. I don't know. The guy's putting together quite an impressive resume. Say that again. How many matches has he won in a row, Nick? 39 straight. 39! That's nothing to wipe off the shoulder here. This kid's on a streak right now, and I don't... You said it last week. You don't see him losing. Didn't jinx him. He won a big one over Northern Colorado. They got a big three sets against Wyoming, Arizona Air Force, and Air Force and Fresno State this weekend. So yeah, I'm I'm not really worried um, about jinxing him. I feel like for the last you know year and a half, I've been saying you know the stretch is continuing and stuff like I don't see him losing, and yet he continues it. There is no jinx for me. I think it's that bond that you two have, you being a high school wrestler. Again, spreading false news here just because I'm you want to. I'm kidding. It's funny. Nick can't wrestle at all. Uh, he that was is much more accurate. He was a sparring partner with No Adams, and that's why No Adams has been so great. It's you. You've yeah. done it. And now you're making it up again. I don't, that, I don't know where we're coming from Maybe a little bit, this. but... Uh, that is it for our episode this week. A lot of basketball, but that is the majority of our week at West Virginia University for athletics. Big game for West Virginia on Saturday against Kansas. Hopefully Mountaineers can pull it out. We'll be a little bit more chipper next week. Mountaineers do play Texas Tech uh, next week before we do our next episode, so we'll be recapping those next two games. We'll see you guys next time. 